Hello again, my beautiful people. Welcome back. It's been an extra couple of days, so thank you so much for bearing with me and spending some time with me today. We've made it to episode seven of the official Your Conflict Coach podcast. And as always, my name is Hannah and I'm your conflict coach. Last week, we talked about the surface level of fault and blame and the impact that that can have on our relationships when we're in conflict. And I mentioned that if we immediately focus on who's to blame or who, quote unquote, caused the conflict, then we're reacting out of emotion. And that can give us tunnel vision, distracts us from the root of the conflict, whatever the issue is that's causing the misalignment in the relationship, whether it's a significant other, a friend, a family member, or even a coworker or a stranger on the internet. In those moments when we assign blame and start trying to justify our emotional reactions, we aren't actually trying to fix the problem anymore. At that point, we're trying to fix our emotions, and doing it that way is not going to work. So I suggested that when you find yourself assigning blame or obsessing about whose fault it is, whether it's yours or focusing on the fact that you think it's theirs, try reflecting on responsibility instead. Ask yourself questions like, what are my responsibilities in this relationship? And what are their responsibilities in this relationship? And was everyone upholding their responsibilities? Are these responsibilities agreed upon? And if not, why not? And would their answer to those questions be the same? And if you think that it would, how do you know? And that understanding is crucial. By addressing responsibilities, everyone involved has to address their role in the conflict, if it exists. And that makes a lot of people angry or frustrated or irritated. Because confronting our role in something that damaged us is painful and embarrassing. And that's okay. But it's not about it being your fault or my fault or their fault. At the end of the day, it's actually usually going to be either everyone's fault or no one's. And what I mean by that is that most of the time, a conflict will fall into one of two categories, neither of which satisfy our human need to project blame on someone other than ourselves. So chasing that need, chasing that craving will get us nowhere because typically either one, the conflict exists and has escalated due to the actions or reactions of everyone involved to some extent, or two, it's one of those times when everyone handled the situation the best way they could based on their perception and their perspective and their experiences. 
But the conflict would exist regardless of the actions and reactions of the people involved. And here's the catch. Even if something is 1,000% someone else's fault, or if it's 1,000% your fault, that does not matter. What matters is whose responsibility it is to maintain the integrity and the alignment of the relationship. And whose responsibility is it to put in the work to realign it when conflict happens? And here's a hint. The answer to both of those, or should I say the answer to neither of those, should be theirs or mine. If you ask whose responsibility it is to maintain the integrity and the alignment of the relationship, and you say, oh, that's, that's their responsibility, or oh, that's, that's usually my responsibility, the answer to those questions should be ours. It's our responsibility. Whose responsibility is it to put in the work to realign this relationship when conflict happens? Ours. It should be our responsibility. Our meaning everyone involved. So that's what I mean when I say it's not about fault. It's about responsibility. And there are exceptions to every rule, but in order for everyone to be on the same page about whatever the responsibilities are, we have to recognize and communicate our expectations for that relationship. And before I jump into this, I want to tangent for a second and make sure y'all understand the difference between expectations and standards. Because in short, standards are a type of expectation, but not all expectations are as clear as standards are. Standards are expectations that we set for other people that we don't accept any less than. If that person is not meeting that standard, not meeting that expectation, then that's it. They're not allowed to fill that relationship role or that relationship spot in our life, whatever the relationship type is. And we usually don't have trouble communicating our standards because they're steadfast. They're part of who we are and what we're looking for. But expectations in general are much more broad and they tend to exist in all areas of our lives and relationships. And they're not always communicated or at least not communicated properly. And the specific expectations that I'm talking about here today are the expectations we set in our heads for how another person or for how other people should respond or react in conflict with us. And don't get me wrong, I strongly believe that we should have standards in this area as well. I believe that some of our expectations should be steadfast and unwavering, especially when it comes to something as emotionally charged as conflict can be. But most of us form these accidental and unrealistic expectations for other people in our relationships, even if it's not a romantic relationship. 
And those cause damage when we start trying to hold these people accountable for not meeting expectations that they had no way of knowing about. We assign these tests to these expectations. Like, if they cared, they wouldn't have to figure it out. They would just do it. Or if they really knew me, I wouldn't have to say it. They should know. And that is the most unfair test you can put someone through if you care about your relationship with them. And if there's not a standard at risk, remember, I'm talking about expectations, not standards here. If everyone's on the same page, if everyone is aware of their own expectations and has a general understanding of the expectations of the other members of the relationship, then the underlying responsibilities will be significantly more likely to align. And this makes conflict significantly less likely. Because at that point, the only conflict you subject yourselves to is the conflict that's no one's fault. That type of conflict that would exist regardless. And if you've built these foundations and are honoring them and cherishing them and enriching them, then that conflict is going to be significantly less damaging. Because the relationship exists beyond those. It's rooted in a mutual understanding. At that point, the conflict is providing information about what is misaligned. And you can work together to realign it. And that's where collaboration comes in. That's why we don't want to assume how anyone else is thinking or feeling. And that's why we need to be able to recognize and define the feelings we're having and have conversations about those things. And when we don't go through this mental process, when we don't spend time and effort working on this mindset shift and we aren't open about it with the people we care about, when we're not doing all these things, it's not like we just don't set expectations. The existence of expectations isn't the issue. We have them and we have a lot of them. And they're not always bad, but the issue comes when they're unchecked. That's when they're dangerous because they get unrealistic and they stay unrecognized and they're constantly being unmet. And I don't know if you've noticed, but when we're set on something and it gets disproved or unrecognized or someone refuses to acknowledge it, we get so frustrated. We've identified our value with that thing, that piece, and we go straight into defense mode. But for what? That's where the storm rolls in, and we know that. We've never experienced anything other than the storm rolling in. We just don't think there's any other way to be heard. We think that our emotion, or for some of us, our withdrawal because of our emotion, is the only way to get our feelings recognized and somehow push the other person or push the other people 
to finally meet our expectations that we still haven't communicated to them. And we probably also haven't asked about theirs. I'm telling you right now, the way to get your expectations met in any type of relationship, not just a romantic one, is to figure out what you are actually expecting from this relationship. And then reflect, assess those expectations yourself. Ask yourself if they're realistic. And if they are, find a way to effectively communicate those expectations. And I will say in workplaces specifically, this is a lot more simple because establishing workplace expectations is becoming more common every day, especially when people are taking on new positions or thrown into new environments. But in romantic relationships or family relationships, friendships, it can be a lot more difficult to do this in an elegant way that doesn't ruffle some feathers. And that difficulty comes from our weariness of being vulnerable, of putting ourselves in a position of openness. But that's normal. And not everyone is going to be able to open up and be vulnerable when they're at the beginning stages of building a relationship with somebody. And some people still can't open up and be vulnerable in the mature stages of being in a relationship with somebody or building a relationship with somebody. And those are internal struggles that require a lot of work in ourselves and on ourselves on our own part. But what's important to remember here is that this type of conversation where you're establishing expectations, it doesn't have to be direct or hostile like you might be imagining it feeling in your head. You can approach a friend or a family member, even a significant other, and just tell them, hey, I really want to make sure that I'm bringing my best self to this relationship. I care about you. And this relationship is important to me. And I don't want to leave anything unchecked. And if they reject that, then at least you know that you can take a step back from putting pressure on that relationship. And maybe even lower your expectations for it. But if you aren't in a place where you feel comfortable sitting someone down and having an honest, open, vulnerable conversation, but you still don't want to damage the relationship every time there's a misalignment or conflict, then the alternative is to have patience in those inevitable misalignments. You have to commit to learning from experience. Make sure you're using those conflicts to communicate about what went wrong. Communicate if you're bothered about what's bothering you and be open to comprehending and understanding things that they express, things that are bothering them, things that are causing conflict from their perspective, if they're willing to express them. And here's my little bit of wisdom for this episode. So if you remember nothing else from this episode, take this. 
collaboration, right? The collaborative conflict style, the ideal conflict style, the method we want to be using most of the time when we can. Collaboration is impossible without communication and comprehension. Collaboration is impossible without communication and comprehension. And everyone involved in a relationship should be responsible for communicating their expectations and putting effort into comprehending the expectations of the other people in the relationship. And here's the thing, you have to be willing to have uncomfortable conversations in order to establish these foundations and know the answers to those questions. Every type of relationship is different. And even within those different types, each individual relationship is different because every human is different. And we all bring something different to our relationships. Again, whether that's workplace relationships, familial relationships, friendships, romantic relationships, internet relationships, new ones, old ones. Relationships are everywhere. They are a huge part of our life and our existence. And we bring a unique personality and a unique perspective and a unique reality to each of these relationships and each type of relationship that we're in. And if we refuse to have these uncomfortable conversations that will gradually get more comfortable as you get to know these people and build these foundations with these people, but if we refuse to have these uncomfortable conversations, none of our relationships will get to a point where we feel mutual peace and mutual understanding and empathy and that true connection. So aren't these temporarily uncomfortable conversations worth the one thing we're all searching for? That connection, that understanding, and that real authentic type of relationship in all parts of our lives? That's all I have for you in this episode. I truly hope you learned something today. And even if you didn't, I want to remind you that sometimes unlearning things is just as important. And that takes time. So I leave you with this. What's one thing you can start to do better today? As always, you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Your Conflict Coach with two H's. You can also email me at Your Conflict Coach with two H's at gmail.com. 